rank gunning Sam McKee alongside me here. Uh, I'm just, I get, I I'm in a, a phenomenal mood. Uh, I got a Pacuco question for you. Okay, sure. Colorado Avalanche goalie. I'll engage, sure. Under, a goalie. Under three. I hate this game. See, so, yeah, Goals against average under three in a single season. And I just got an elite answer. I would like to know who you think I got. I don't know. Greg Anderson. Mm. 1%. That's good. Doesn't top my point eight. I got that one time. And, uh, Canucks goals against average under three. No. Dan Cluche. Mm, pretty good. 4%. Yep. Uh, good on you. Uh, again. Panthers? I, sure. Give it to me. Van Beesbrook. Okay. 21%. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that would be lower. We we have a name for that answer, <laughs> which I will not be giving to you right now. <laughs> Shout out Josh Goldrick. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Blue Jays uh, has not gone the way they would like for the first two games of the Padres series. Maybe yeah. that can change. I was about to say tonight, but maybe that run? can change this afternoon. How about a run? That'd be nice uh, if they could scratch one of those across. So what, t- what time is the game? Is it a one? One. Ah, Got to get the dual screen going. For golf. Yeah. Well, because uh, there, there's, is there tea times that start at 10 our time? Yeah. So Rory, yeah. Rory's basically 10 o'clock our time. Yeah. So that's going to be a Bleeding tough crossover. Yep. Yeah. So I got to get the screens going. That's okay. I actually. That's why, that's why God invented screens. They did. Uh, they also uh, invented the radio and streaming services, which is where I'll be taking in today's uh, Blue Jays game, courtesy the man who joins oh, us you, right you now. Oh, a little golf listening? little golf oh, listening. Yeah. That. Yeah. A little, little uh, Blue Jays on the radio there. No problem with that for me. And this insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Ben Wagner joins us now. That's where I was getting the radio voice of the Blue Jays. Ben, thanks so much for jumping on with us. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. Good morning. Hey, man. Yeah, I know. There was a lot flying around there as we were getting to you, so we will just we'll throw all that away, and we'll just pick up with Blue Jays' conversation uh, here. <laughs> we guys, save I'm, it. I'm happy it. to promote the streaming services. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great thing for Blue Jays baseball and how people have been able to grab it either on the Sportsnet app or on Sportsnet.ca. It's It's been huge, I can tell you that. So thanks for... You, Thanks for padding the stats. You sound really good right now. I don't know. Clean you, got a, you got a good studio. Clean Wherever line. you're standing right now, don't move. It sounds really good. Okay. There we'll you keep, go. We'll keep the pipes going then. Oh, yeah. yeah. There they are. And you got, you got great, tones. You got great pipes. No one's surprised oh, yeah. by that. You're not, a, you're not an MLB play-by-play <laughs> he guy. He talks for yeah, three hours like, Wow, he sounds so good. He only talks to us every day when we're taking in the game. Uh, uh, so... Tale of two, tale of two series since the All Star break. Here they come out of it, sweep away the Diamondbacks. Yeah, there were some hairy moments in there, but when you look at the final score of all those games, uh, certainly felt like a pretty comfortable series, and it's gone kind of the exact opposite way uh, against the Padres. I suppose you could say that's baseball, but do you read any more into it than that? Well, you know what the funny thing is, the Blue Jays have all the success against the Diamondbacks coming out of the All Star break, and what what does Arizona do? They go and play the best team maybe in the game and take the first two down in Atlanta. (laughs) So can anybody figure this game out? No, you can't. Yesterday, of course, was really difficult because it was different in a number of ways versus the first game um, where Alec Manoa struggled. You know, he took a step backwards from where the Blue Jays thought he would go and in that in that opening game against the Padres. And yes, he got squeezed. Certainly there were some things along the way that worked against Toronto, but the bottom line is pitching will determine the success of the Toronto Blue Jays the rest of the way. That's the bottom line. Whether it's a five-man rotation, whether it's a six-man rotation, whether Hyunjin Ryu is part of it, Manoa, or they go out and they grab somebody, the bottom line is pitching is going to determine 
the success of the Toronto Blue Jays, whether it's the regular season or anything that they're able to do in terms of wins, the losses, the series, whatever, into the postseason. And that's the ultimate destination. I think they're good enough to get there. But certainly when you have setbacks like night number one against the Padres and then last night where it boils down to one mistake. You know, the Blue Jays should have been out of that inning. Both throw sails a little bit when you clearly have a guy picked off in between second and third. The throw goes errant, and it continues, and a broken bat base hit decides the ball game because it's the only two runs that scored. Yeah, I, I want to start with you with a positive and how incredibly encouraging Jose Barrios's season has been to this point. Like, it really now, now after watching him through however many starts that he's had so far this year, you can really look back on last year and say that it was a weird outlier first year after a big contract extension. Whatever happened with it, it was clearly an outlier. But his stuff has been filthy. And again, last night, like... His his two-seam run that he's got going on, the breaking stuff, like he is back to being full Jose Barrios. I know we have a massive body of work now to compare it to, but I hearken back even to spring training. I thought he was the most important pitcher in camp. The rebound of Jose Barrios was really going to be an important talking point on how the Blue Jays line up the rotation, get through the rotation, and find that stability. Because if you look at what he was in Minneapolis, what he was right away with the Blue Jays. He was a horse. He was going out there. He never misses a start. Mm -hmm. You can bank on him being very successful. And last year just proves how weird it was for Jose Barrios, how weird it was for the Blue Jays, and how tough it was to figure out. Because when he was really good last year, he was really good. I think the glare is when he was bad because you knew the possibility that he possessed when he was acquired in 2021 and how much of an impact he made down the stretch for the Blue Jays. This year, I think we have seen the best starts of Jose Barrios, even going back to his twin days when he was really dominant. Uh, the life of the two-seam fastball has been great on both sides of the plate. He's moving it around, he's making it, and he's manipulating it in ways that we haven't seen. That two-seamer that he ran back uh, to get Soto, I think it was Soto, last night, was a thing of absolute beauty. And with the life of the fastball, he's added velocity. He's throwing harder this season with the Blue Jays than what he ever has, and he's got a lot in the tank, so he's rearing back, and he's really letting it fly. And then you combine, combine that with a, a really good slur that's been such an effective pitch. And then the changeup has been a pitch that he's really developed over the course of the year. And that's, that's probably the greatest separator for him this season is how he's been able to use the changeup. And recently, we've seen righty-on-righty changeups this season, which I know is something that P. Walker is really trying to emphasize, and it's a growing trend in the game a little bit. But this is really weaponized Jose Barrios where people just look silly at times. He, he made Manny Machado look silly last night with an early strikeout. Uh, he, he corkscrewed him into the ground. He was revved up for 96, 97 miles an hour. All of a sudden, that Bugs Bunny changeup comes his way, and he's all sort of out of whack and off balance. So it's been really, really good. And last night was another case where... Jose Barrios pitches well enough, deep enough, just like a lot of other guys have. But the Blue Jays just couldn't get anything offensively going. 
Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Barrios there, and it's pretty easy to understand why he's had the year he's had, right? I mean, generally speaking, if you have one plus pitch that you can set up with just okay other stuff, that's going to set you up for a good season. You know, he's got two and now maybe three that you can consider that way when you look at the two-seamer and the slurve and the changeup. It's just, it's really encouraging to see. And, you know, I think just his demeanor on the, not, not so much on the mound, but after he was taken out of the game just shows the expectations and how much they've changed for himself. You know, at certain points last year, if he would have had that exact outing he wouldn't have looked frustrated sitting in the in the dugout afterwards because hey I got out of here two runs allowed like that's a pretty good day for me uh but he you know clearly there was a little frustration I'm not saying that to that he was angry at Bo or anything like that it's just clearly a competitor who who wants to win the other thing about it as well that stuck out to me is that that was just the fifth time in his last 27 starts at home that they've lost and I know that's a bit of a quirky number that covers off some games not necessarily in this park but we always talk about the idea of a stopper and and if you can kind of set yourself up to have Barrios going at home, he's becoming as good a one as you can have in the major leagues. Really? I mean, he pitches so well at Rogers Center. And, and right, it's a, it's a very subjective statistic to pull out. But the bottom line is you want guys that can put you in position to win, right? And when glaring stats or shifts in one form or another jump out, you pay attention to it. There's got to be something working, whether it's just the rhythm of a day, how comfortable he feels on the mound, whatever. It's working for Jose Barrios, and you take those positives. But it, he's been so good in a number of ways, specifically this season. He's been so good uh, over the last couple of years, even at Rogers Center. So it, it's really, really encouraging where the Blue Jays are now in crunch time with less than two and a half months in the regular season. Uh, to, to really get this thing going. And Jose Brias is going to be a very, very important part of it. And hopefully, you know, you can find stoppers along the way. So many times early in the season, after Manoa had struggled, you'd leaned on Kevin Gosman to be a stopper. Chris Bassett at times has had to be a stopper. Now, Jose Barrios, you know, is, is looking like one of those guys, the way the rotation is lined up coming out of the All-Star break. To, for him to kind of calm the waters if anything goes wrong and just keep doing what he's doing. And, and this is, you know, this is two starts where he's come out of the ball game. I think, where he felt that he had more to give, right? The way that he was feeling, the, the rhythm I think he established within the game, while there was traffic, there was not a lot of traffic. The innings of duress weren't too great. Uh, I, I go back to the weekend where, you know, he pitched – uh, against the Diamondbacks, you know, he was he was a little steamed that he got lifted in that ball game. Comes out last night, I think he had more in the tank. These are the things that you want. Like, John Schneider is totally fine. He said to all of us, like, I'll, I'm okay being the bad guy. I want them fired up at me. I want them honked off at me because I have to make decisions that I think is going to put us in the best position to win, not only today, but for them moving down the road. Yeah, it's a, it's a great spot to be in, and it's even better when the guy's deserving of wanting to give more, right? We've all seen guys who just don't have it that day, and not just on this team, on plenty of teams saying, no, no, give me the ball, and it's actually, you could give that up. Uh, but it's nice to have somebody who does have more uh, to, to give like that. You know, we mentioned the kind of finicky nature of that Barrios, or Barrios wins at home stat. Uh, some people would quibble one way or another with this when you look at the team's stats with runners on base. I mean, obviously, it was another overnight last night. It's been that way so far in, in the series. How much do you look at that as a smallish sample size versus something that's been going on for the better part of a year? And what do you think has to change, if anything, to address that? Well, I think I don't know what to change. You know, I mean, I'm not going to claim that I've ever been in a batter's box like that or, you know, what what I'm privy to in conversations for the Blue Jays either in, in terms of approach. But what what we have seen 
overarchingly through the regular season is a lost approach and giving away at bats in big situations. And you can go back to the old adage, trying to do too much, you know, instead of just shortening it up and trying to take a ground ball the opposite way with fewer than two outs and get a run in from third, you know, those kind of situations. We, we all know what they are, right? The really concerning thing was when the Blue Jays were still in the ball game two days ago, there were a lot of just wild, wild at bats. I mean, just totally given away. And when you don't go up there looking in a zone and you've got a ball game where, and the Blue Jays were in that ball game before it became wild and nine to one. The Blue Jays were in that ball game and twice got the tying run into the batter's box down 4 1. And you think this offense, really from top to bottom, you can get guys the way Jano is swinging it all the way at the bottom. Dalton Varsho has potential to hit home runs. He's got a dozen of them. And I know things aren't going that great for Dalton Varsho, but still, there are threats in the batter's box, right? And this is a lineup that you expect to run into a three run home run. So I, the fourth, the fifth, you never felt that the Blue Jays with their lineup, were out of it if they really zeroed in and tried to do whatever, whatever. Manufacture an inning. We've seen the pressure that Kiermaier and Witt and others can apply when they're on base jumping around there. But last night, again, a couple of at-bats were just terrible, terrible with runners in scoring position. And they had a lot of opportunity. As good as you Darvish was last night, there were runners on base Four out of the six at bats. Mm -hmm. And last night, six out of nine innings, the Blue Jays had somebody on and they just couldn't get anything going. And a lot of it is because they were way, 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 way expanding the zone. I mean, there were pitches that were chased up and there were certainly a ton of sliders that were chased down and away. And that is that is how you get the Blue Jays. You know, you can get them to expand the zone, chase and until and until a couple of the key cogs get going in that lineup, and we all we all know who they are certainly, and this lineup certainly got better and it looked a lot longer when George Springer was really getting good pitches to hit and driving the ball, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. when he's locked in and a threat, but a couple of Vladdy at bats were the key turning points in that ball game, and he really chased some sliders down and away, and it just he looked lost. He's he's looked lost the last couple of days. So. This is a lineup construction question, which, I, you know, maybe they're not the best conversation because the, the, the perception of a lineup has changed so much to me. But when I'm watching the Jays, Ben, it always feel, feels weird to have Belt hit before Vladdy does. And I know Vladdy isn't having the year that he's supposed to be having, but it just, to me, he is the three hitter on this team. And having Belt in there, it just feels like unnatural kind of out of order to me i I don't know this is very (laughs) hard to quantify this is very anecdotal and subjective but it just feels really really weird to have belt hitting in front of vladdy to me well you know i agree with you when you when you give the eye test it certainly is it looks like it stops momentum right yeah like you've got you've got springer and then Bo. you've got dangerous bats you've got a lot of contact in there and Brandon Bell hasn't had the consistency with the contact, but the Blue Jays are very, very happy with his at-bats. And while you think, all right, well, this isn't a menace coming to the plate, this is the game. This is the way it's designed now. It's designed about the first inning. When you come up with one through nine, it's designed, honestly, about the eighth and the ninth, where you could get a quality at-bat. And the Blue Jays are extremely happy with the at-bats that Brandon Belt is giving them. And that necessarily doesn't translate to traditional average, traditional contact. 
uh, or the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. We haven't seen a lot of that from Brandon this season, certainly. But they want traffic. They want ability to put runners on. They're very, very high on on base. And Brandon Belt sees a lot of pitches, and he walks a lot. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. falls right after that. And we all talked about how right-handed heavy they were last couple of years. Well, to, byproduct of that is getting left-handed hitters. Well, where are you going to put them? You know, you're not going to stack them together because later in bullpen days, that's going to make it easy for a manager to go out there and say, all right, well, you got three lefties coming up yep. or three out of the four are lefties coming up. Guess what I'm going with? I'm going to go with a left-hander. So there is some, some sprinkle of the left-handed hitters when you try to balance it out so you don't make it so easy on managers late in the ball game. But but I agree with you. You know, there is something about here come the guy. Look at how the lineup for the Padres is constructed, mm-hmm. right? When you go through their big four friars. You, you know, when you've got Machado, you got Soto, you got Bogarts, you have Tatis in some combination for for San Diego. You know, those are the big money guys. Those are the guys that are supposed to drive the ball out of the ballpark. And they've been the biggest threats for the Blue Jays in this series and why they have a 2 nothing lead in the set. And Toronto's going to try to avoid a four or three-game series sweep this afternoon. Uh, that's, that's what you want from a Toronto lineup. You know, you'd love to have Springer, Bo, and Vlad. But... John, John in Texas, I want to say, told us, hey, we're, you know, 70-ish games into the season. It's time to shake some things up, lean on a lineup where we think we can create some traffic and put a little bit more pressure. And part of that means getting guys on base. And it necessarily doesn't mean Wood Merrifield and Kevin Kiermeyer. They can do things in the lineup to shake it up a little bit more. But how much do you want to disrupt it? Uh, and the choice was put belt number three versus taking Springer out of the leadoff spot, maybe moving him down to four or five and putting Witt in the leadoff spot. You know, we have, we've kicked around that idea a lot on our broadcast, how they could create more traffic and get just a little bit more balls in play early on. Yeah, obviously, uh, Merrifield has done nothing but kind of boost the possibility of that being an idea, but the idea of uh, George Springer not being your leadoff man, also uh, one that I could imagine might uh, ruffle some feathers there, but it's all about winning. Uh, we we shall see. Uh, what we will see today is Chris Bassett getting the ball at one oh seven the afternoon game on Getaway Day. Uh, Thanks so much for jumping on with us, Ben. I will be enjoying the call via the Sportsnet app this afternoon. One last plug for our wonderful streaming services. Well, thank you very much for streaming along. I I will happily keep you company today. There he goes. Thanks, Ben. Ben Wagner, sounding great. Again, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that the major league play-by-play guy has awesome pipes and sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. Probably shouldn't. Uh, This Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. So you want to pick up on that? You want to talk about what got us distracted at the very tail end of that? What do you want to do? Well, Jordan Spieth's hot. I was telling you uh, via hand signals, that was his fifth birdie of the day. Not that he was at five under. Jordan Spieth's hot at the moment. So yeah, The American golf fellas. Can you imagine? You're 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 an American golf boy. It's 820. Oh, you, yeah. you got the coffee going. You're horned up. You, your sweet Prince Jordan just pours one in. Yeah, he's trying he's to good. trying to get a major, uh, not at the same venue, but at the same major. He won his last one, the famous go get that. Um, I've just been kind of wrapped up in the North Battle for Stars. 
Okay. Uh, Got anything else for us there? Do you want to give the rundown of alumni from well, the millionaires? No. Because Bill have... Flett is the most, I know NHL alum, but the most SJHL player I've ever heard. Uh, I was just looking at uh, the captain uh, of the North Stars from North Battleford, Saskatchewan, hometown hero. Captain, scored 82 points in 54 games. Must love him. 22 points in 13 playoff games with a captain, Jake Southgate. So it's just... I'm just Googling names. Get that guy, get that guy on a billboard for a local car dealership. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I bet he is. I, I bet you he's going he's gonna to be given the car dealership. When he's <laughs> this is yours God, now. It's like, it's like senior night, uh, but at the end of the SJHL season, and they just give him a car dealership. And the leading scorer for this team uh, went from the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles in 2021-2022. junior name. All the way to North Battleford to play for the North Stars and he scored 102 points in 51 games for them. So, I'm just I'm all in on this league. I uh I love this level maybe, of hockey. Maybe sorry to the folks in Lacombe. Maybe it's a Sasky golf trip next year so we can just look <laughs> in the summertime at all of these great barns we now know so much about. Uh You know what's funny? You mentioned Lacombe? Yeah. One of our mutual favorite follows, mm. Drew Harvey. Yes. Did you see that? No, I didn't. He see had this. a he had a Lacombe thing in his story. Really? Yeah. He was. T- I forget what he was talking this about. Is, the design of it this or whatever. Is such a niche yeah. golf yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, Drew Harvey. If you're a, if you're a golf fan, and I know there's not many on the text line, especially look him that up one on, guy. Look him up on Instagram. He. Yeah. I don't know what he does. So he is a. This is. I yeah. Who cares? I mean, I know the answer to that. No one cares. So we'll just move okay. on that. He's a golf person. Okay. okay. He is a golf. Uh, individual. Scott has got some hooks in the game. Yeah. He's got some connections, uh, plays a lot of great tracks, uh, knows a lot about it. We probably, I don't know, maybe we should have him on the golf show as we're talking about him here on the morning show. Maybe we should do that yeah. one time. Okay, sounds good. All right, good little production wanna, meeting we had there. Do you want to do uh, the big breaking NFL news right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, n- not the actual big breaking NFL news, though. The, 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 the Seahawks, that the Seahawks are bringing their retros back. Is yeah. that what you mean? That's no, the, the actual important. No, nah, okay. The, the what, what are they called? The football team? The football team or the command oh, commanders? No, yeah, they're the, the commanders the, now? Yeah, yeah, they're the commanders. Football Sorry. team was better? Oh, my God. Way yeah. better. It's the Washington, not, Washington. Commanders is not bold level bad, but it's pretty bad. They're, I Just be the Washington professional football team. Football, not even professional. Football team was so good. Football guys, football team. They like And their colors are so beautiful. Honestly, and they, it's and hard to screw it up. And they just had, like, they took away that terrible logo off their helmet. And then they just Stop. put they just put the number. Yeah, no, like, these are they're just the exact same jerseys. Yes, exact same colors without the logo and just their numbers on the helmet. I was like, yep. these are legitimately perfect. Mm-hmm. And then they went to this like futuristic yeah. W. Like, thing. like it's like what if the Buccaneers designed yeah. our jerseys? It's so bad. But today is today the day for fans of that team that they're yes, actually going to be rid. The, the league is expected to ratify the sale to whoever the new owners are. Uh, no longer Dan Snyder and family. That must feel amazing. Like I really haven't dealt, I guess like the lease when it was like the pension yeah, but plan. We weren't, we weren't like in it. We're yeah, just but like, like, I love it. But they but spent, didn't they spend yeah, a lot of money? Still spent money. And it's I just think, a lot of meddling is my, my re- recollection of that time. So Josh Kipper, Harris Kipper can tell us Josh Harris is buying the uh, Washington professional football team. Isn't that the guy who owns this, like a bunch of other teams. I'm looking at him up right now. He looks so rich. Yeah, he I, is, bet he's, I bet he's pretty rich. He's buying an NFL he team. He just looks the like literal it. most valuable asset outside of Premier League soccer you could buy. I think. No, I think they're probably eh, maybe not worth more than. But I think they'd be a top 15 EPL team worth. 
Okay. I think it'd be higher I could, than that. I could see that. I'm not going to pretend to know, but I, I do know. The most the most uh, valuable. Well, the problem is, is there's just an EPL answer teams. to this. There's just a, like we can we can come back and have an answer to this before we talk to Kipper if we want. We could do that. I'm that's not. Pro- I am not promising to do the research. Maybe that's as good a tease as any. We got well. We got a golf text before we go. Oh, we do have a golf text. Get it in. Nothing like Ryan Fox ruining your fantasy team before <laughs> breakfast on day one. What's he doing? Uh, he, he was a sexy he pick. Was, he was one under early on. He must have had a blow up because I no longer see him there. And again, uh, Ryan Fox, uh, it never stops being funny when I'm watching uh, DP World Tour coverage and they talk about his dad, who I think was like a famous Aussie Rules football player, like he's Wayne Gretzky. They're like, as we all know, old Snuffigan Fox or whatever his name Snuffigan. was. Snuffigan. Uh, yeah. So it never, <laughs> he, never ceases to amaze uh, me. Yeah. He had a tough go today. He shot seven over. Oof. He was one under at one point. He went 43 in the back. He had an 8 on 18. That's not what you want, let alone what yeah, he like, wants. I would not be thrilled with a 43. No, you would not. So, yeah. There yeah, you go. and he had two birdies in his first five holes. Sorry. Also, a bunch, bunch of bokes there. So. Sorry for ruining your breakfast there, nameless texter. Really appreciate the golf text. Always love the golf text, yeah. and uh, especially that guy. Uh, not him, but the guy who hates them. Always appreciate him letting us know. Nick Kiprios. He likes golf. We've even golfed with him. One of us on many occasions. One of us once. And maybe we'll have an answer about the thing I already forgot we were going to look up. So definitely no chance of having an answer about that. One segment left. Kipper coming up next. Fan Morning Show. Gunning and McKee. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan morning show, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me here. We're almost there, buddy. You almost did it. All we have standing between us and freedom is a conversation with Nick Nick Caprios. So we're already there tomorrow. as far as I'm concerned. Relax. You got to work. It's not the end of the world. Nick hey. Caprios joins us now. He's supposed to be on vacation, and we dragged him into this with us. He should be complaining, <laughs> but I know he won't. Kipper, how are you so- doing this morning? Gunner, what are you telling me? That Sammy's not a morning person? No. He is grouchy. I, grouchy. I hate it, Kipper. I'm not it. I'm not allowed to talk to him before I yeah. before the show starts. He only gets here like two minutes before it starts, <laughs> and I'm not even allowed to talk during no. that time. I'm afraid to say good morning. How it's are- a very different version of the guy you know. So there's no chance a uh, real Kipper and Born uh, lose Sammy to the morning. No. No, if if they were like if they, if they said if they said, "Hey Sam, your choices are morning show or out of industry." I'm working at the beer store next week, <laughs> working for Little Buddha for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. So, Anyways, so Kipper, uh, you gave yeah. us you gave us some news, or at least uh, it's the closest thing we're getting to news at this time of year. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. uh, you know, I, I like like my good friend Doug McLean always says, "I'm not telling you uh, if." If it's true or not, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. Yeah, it is my favorite Mac line. I'm not telling you what I'm not telling you if it's true. I'm just telling you what I heard. I love it when he says it. And you're right. Uh, We always like to get that info out there. So 13 and a half. Uh, How does that number feel for Austin Matthews, especially if it's attached to a three year contract? Again, like, you know, there's it's not nothing's done as far as I'm concerned. Uh, is is the number locked in? But that seems to be the focus around everyone that I've talked to. 
is around 13 and a half. So saying that, uh, it's still debatable to a lot of people inside the industry on whether that is a a five-year deal, a six-year deal, a three-year deal. Mm. Uh, but there is a general feeling that the Leafs do not want to go beyond, uh, you know, that, that 13 and a half ballpark. Yeah. Well, for good reason. Like that's a, is that, is he the highest paid guy in the league at 13? That would put him nearly a million dollars over McKinnon. Yeah. who's the highest paid in the league. Yeah. Like, yeah, I should hope that they don't want to go over that Kipper. I, I got to ask you about Willie because it feels like these two things are intertwined and every guy that we've talked to about this has said that they're, they're both intertwined here in terms of who's getting paid first and, you know, looking at the other contract or whatever. But if you're a Leaf fan and you're a big fan of Willie Nylander, Kipper, should you be worried about the training camp starting and him not being here? Like, where is this headed in terms of the Willie and the Leafs relationship? No, he's under contract, Sammy. He, I know, but do you don't do you think they're going to hold on to him even if he has no contract heading into the season? Well, he's, com- he's coming to work. So mm-hmm. um, as far as he's concerned, he's coming to work. For the Leafs, he's got to come to work as well. He's under contract. Uh, you don't tell him to stay home while you make a trade because that's sending a message to every other NHL team that we're we're at at his mercy to get whatever we can for him, and that's not not healthy uh, for the Leafs moving forward. They gotta if the decisions to make uh, a good trade with him because he can't sign them, then you're really Sammy looking between now and the trade deadline as your range, not, not between now and training camp. So the market isn't great for Brad tree living to go out there and, and look at potential offers. Uh, there wouldn't be a strong tradable market right now for, for Nylander with so many contending teams under uh, cap, cap restraint. Yeah, isn't isn't part of the problem with the Nylander trade? And I know obviously the the issue for a team trading for him is that well, we'd like to sign him to a contract, and then they're going to be having whatever conversations the Leafs are having with him now. But the problem as well is the deal he's on right now. You know, if he and he didn't deserve this, he should not have got it. But if he was a nine million dollar player, you can see a world where you make a hockey trade for William Nylander and you get back two pieces that kind of add up to that. But the idea of finding an impact piece or one and a half impact pieces in a two-for-one kind of deal that fits in Nylander's current cap hit, like that makes the trade hard to do as well, it feels like. Well, just if, if you guys, you know, take a, a quick look around uh, the league for me, you t- t- tell me two or three teams that you can say are just going to, uh, you know, completely flip their organization upside down and make a trade for Willie Nylander yeah, right now. can't see it, right? So and tough. You can't see it. So everybody's under the understanding that uh, tough times are behind the salary cap through the pandemic and uh, there's going to be sunlight in the next two or three years. And that's what Willie Nylander's focusing on. And while people think he might be nuts to be asking for 10 or 10 and a half, where are you a year from now if you're Willie Nylander uh, still looking for a contract and, you know, I can tell you right now, one team that I, I hear that might be in a position for, for Willie Nylander would be the Chicago Blackhawks. You'll have one year under your belt with Bedard, and you're going to want to surround him with great talent. Now, a year from now, would Chicago be willing to go to 10 and a half or 11? 
maybe even north of 11. If if Nylander puts together another good year of 40-plus goals, he's looking at a lot more than what even Leaf fans can envision the Leafs overpaying today. Yeah, as it, this season coming up is a huge bet-on-yourself one for him if he doesn't get a contract signed. Like, it can go both ways, though, can it, Kipper? Like, if he... I guess I guess Sammy. He can't Sammy. go that low. He's good, Sammy. Yeah, that's the thing. He's that's good. that's why I caught okay. that's why I caught myself. You know, he's Sammy, really what good. are you saying? He's he 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 could have a 15, 20 goal season. No, he's probably I mean, he's like his floor now at the point he's at in his career 30. is thirty. Yeah. So you know, regardless of what he does next year, he's not gonna drop him down to a seven million dollar player here. No. So regard like but I think if he has a good year it can get up in the 11s range for sure. Like if he goes out yes. there and scores close to 50, then it can definitely get him up going to UFA as a, you know, as a $11 million player. Like we've talked about this a lot this week, obviously, Kip. Is there a world in which the Leafs just let him play it out this year? Like do they have to trade him or can they just kind of use his contract year as a one yeah. that the Leafs need? No. No, no, you have I, to get I, something? I, I think he's too young, Sammy, to let him walk out the door for nothing and take your chances of, uh, of you know, not having great success. I mean, uh, look at uh, the residue that Tavares left on the New York Islanders, uh, letting him walk out the door for free to get to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And... You know, whatever success that they've had, you know, in the playoffs with, with Barry Trotz uh, were, was always left with, well, what if we had traded Tavares and gotten more talent back or better players? How much further could we have gotten? So I, I don't think I don't think the Leafs are in any position to think that uh, there's a, a win-win if, if you keep Nylander right through the trade deadline and walk him to free agency I, I don't see a world where they think that that's value yeah i'm i'm with you i understand the thought process of having the conversation but, but, but i just I, the idea of him walking for nothing is terrifying well, but if you get into the year kip and he's not signed and the Leafs are a first place team yep. yeah. and it's the trade yeah. deadline and yeah. you're trading them excuse me sammy did you just repeat last year's season <laughs> yes it, it, Sammy, he scored 40, and yeah. you still weren't good enough. I know. Okay? So you're going to go into the season. You hope that he puts great numbers up, and then you're going to flip him and get defense help because <sighs> you need a better balance because the four guys, even with him scoring 90 points, isn't a good enough playoff roster. Do you understand? I do understand, but I just find it so hard to picture – the Leafs humming along, and Nylander is one of their best four players. What and is then humming trade? along, Sammy? I 110 know, points? 150 I points? Know. Sammy, Sammy, this is the summer. We're already up to our eyeballs in repeat <laughs> movies on TV. We don't need a repeat season from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, that's why, to me, if you're going to do it, just do it now. Rip the Band-Aid off. Go Sammy, into there's the no season. trade out there. There's no mm. trade out there. There's okay, nothing? You can't find so, something? Nothing. It's dry. Everybody, I still They're talk. They're the cottage. You know, I'm, I'm golfing, but I'm still talking. <laughs> okay. And they tell me it's as dry as the Sahara Desert out there <laughs> trying to move people and, and get contracts in and out. It's, it's, it's not a great time right now. 
Yeah, we had Frank Saravelli on yesterday, and he, to be perfectly honest, seemed disgusted with us that we were going to ask him to have any news <laughs> yeah. to report. So, yeah, it does seem bone dry out there. Let's, it's bone dry. Let's talk about guys who will be on the team, and I'm confident in that because Brad Treliving just signed them. Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, obviously training camp will shake this out. There is not going to be set combos. We have this conversation every year with, with uh, Tinkerbell, as McKee likes to call him, Sheldon Keefe, but... When you look at those guys, is there a kind of natural fit for Bertuzzi with somebody? Is there a natural fit for Domi? How do you see the kind of top six shaking out and include Nylander yeah. in that if you want or don't? Well, first of all, you see Bertuzzi as uh, uh, a, a big upgrade um, um, from Bunting. And that's not to take away anything from, from Bunting and what he's been able to do and uh, provide a 50-plus season majority of it riding shotgun with Matthews and, and Marner, but he is an upgrade. And uh, how do you not envision seeing Bertuzzi, Matthews, and, and Marner uh, as potentially one of the better lines in the league? So that's set in, and Max will come in, and Max, is this, uh, he's got skill, and we know that he's got the ability to put some numbers up, but you know, first and foremost, he's going to bring an attitude. And we've seen it in the past, and now that he's been around the block a few times in the National Hockey League. I think he's going to have the maturity to know mm-hmm. when and when not to, to to push the envelope. And sometimes you got to rip it right open. And Max has shown that he can do that in the past. And maybe it's uh, one step back for two steps forward if he happens to get a suspension here mm-hmm. and there. And that's just that's just uh, that's the way it's going to go. And that might be okay over 82 games. So Sammy doesn't get his 110 point season. He gets his, he gets his 92 point season. Yeah. Well, maybe right? maybe just get 88 points and sneak into the eighth spot. Maybe you make the cup yeah. final like the Cats did. Yeah. Um, both those players will bring a different feel and a different element, and you know, get a few of the opponents to kind of look over their shoulder once or twice to to be reminded who's on the ice. And that hasn't been the way for a few years now playing against Toronto. So it'll be a welcomed addition. Um, Wanted to ask you about a little bit of news we did get yesterday with the arbitration. You know, the lease filed at 2.4, Samsonov 4.9. Any alarm bells going off for that? Is that just par for the course with arbitration? Yeah, it is. Yeah. They come in really high. You go in really low, and you just think you're going to find something in the middle. So uh, I, I I still believe that there's a chance that uh, Samsonov can get a, a short-term deal here, two years, and be in the ballpark of $3.5 million. Yeah. Let's do that so, right now. Call I, it in. Yeah, I think that would be. I think that would keep everybody happy. Yeah. Maybe not the Samsonov camp, but everybody in Leafs Nation, I think, would like that. Well, listen, I think that gives Samsonov a real shot here of carrying the mail for a couple of seasons mm-hmm. for a frontline team, which could, you know, catapult them right into five, $6 million if he gets the job done. And uh, I think that that would be his best strategy. And, and for the Leafs, you, you just can't go for five years right now for this guy. It's just, no. Not uh, not enough of a sample size for for them or or you know for anyone else to be quite honest with you. So I I, I do believe that there's a shot that they're gonna they're gonna get something uh, at the last minute done. The trickier part again is I think uh, the Matt Murray situation. Yeah, and finding a way uh, to. 
to get that uh is it four seven or four nine off the books four, yeah it's like four six ish whatever the leafs owe him off of the ottawa deal they're gonna have to find a way to to get rid of it and you know i i don't see a scenario where uh long-term uh, injury reserve comes into play. The guy was cleared at training camp. He's he's training now. He's skating now. And uh, I just don't see a scenario where uh, they get to, to hide his money. So I just want, this is a little different question here for you, Kipper, but you see the Washington. Hold on. This is terrifying at all times. Washington commanders getting sold for $6 billion. And, you know, you look at all the money in that league and you see what the the senators were grinding to get a billion here. Like, <laughs> you know, does that make you feel any different way about the NHL? Does that have, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I know you're into this kind of thing. And listen, it, business is business and it's still, uh, you know, there's a market out there and it, we decide what the market is because it's what we're willing to pay. And, uh, you know, the Ottawa senators, uh, the activity around it and the people that were uh, surrounded by that, uh, they're, they're, they're big time people. And I happen to be uh, involved in, in on one side. Mm-hmm. And listen, at the end of the day, you can look at the Ottawa senators and say, you know, no way in hell they're worth a billion dollars, but they were worth that to somebody. And yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, that that's all that counts. So uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I do recall once upon a time in my New York Ranger days when we were actually ahead of the NBA, guys. The NBA. <laughs> feels like, like I, you're not lying to me, but it feels like you're lying to me, yeah. Kepper. Right? No, I'm telling you. I mean, you looked at, uh, you know, the early years of Michael Jordan signing contracts there, and he's right there with Wayne Gretzky and our top players and Sports Illustrated writing uh, – why the NHL's hot, why the NBA's not. The biggest disappointment for me when you talk about, Sammy, a $6 billion uh, league compared to ours today is the fact that, uh, you know, they've taken off and, and you know, we're... The Stuck in neutral. Is, the, the gap is widened, right? And, uh, you know, I, I hope there's greener days ahead, you know, coming out of uh, now... I think should be, a, a, you know, a distant memory and, and shutting down leagues, you know. Um, so let's let's move on. So, so uh, Kipper, you say greener greener pastures there. Just don't play too much golf. I know you got green on the mind. You're playing a lot of Fall. golf. Play too much golf, <laughs> Kipper. Just, play just, too much. Just don't play too, got, too much uh, golf. I got invited today by my uh, executive director at oh. the NHL alumni, Glenn Healy. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, Where are you going to play? I got to kick his butt. A wind dance today. Ooh, Ooh. baby. Nice day out there. Yeah. It's supposed to be a little rainy later, so hopefully you get it in before yeah, then. Yeah. All right, Kippy. I owe you a round two, Sam. Yeah, we'll get so, out soon. Uh, yeah, you listen, we'll we'll do a, a, a 6.30 a.m. tee off. Uh, I, <laughs> he I actually can, can get up for that. I can do that. Somehow, it's not a job. <laughs> that's no problem. Uh, Sammy, you're brutal. You'll get up for golf at 6 a.m. You won't for this he's show. The worst. You nailed it. Honestly. Uh, uh, I miss you, Kippy. Hit him well and say hi to heels for us. Yeah. I will. Okay, guys, have a great day. There he goes, Nick Kiprios. Love that. Loved our professionalism. Not if anybody was watching on these cameras in here, but Seb Straka, who I've got a little action on at the Open, chipping in for Bird. 
You did the nice little tiger Kabing. finger drop. I did the tiger fist pump up. Love open championship I, golf on in the morning. Also, I didn't me, make one bet. Me and JD, our boy, Max Homa, he head up against Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark two under early on, but is making a mess of the hole he's on now. So never in doubt. It's coming back to the pack there. Uh, and again, this uh, Christio Lamprecht, the 6'8 South African, taller than all but four of the players on Georgia Tech's <laughs> basketball team, where he is a college golfer, uh, still leading things. Two shots up on Stuart Sink, Tommy Fleetwood, and Jordan Spieth. This screenshot of Wyndham Clark is remarkably good. Can I can I read you a uh <laughs> just gonna that is really good. It is basically the pose he did on whatever shot it was uh when he was closing the the US Open. Uh but from waist high fescue. So not quite going exactly the way he would have liked. Uh we all know this is uh very inside all online sports. We all know the famous tungsten arm O'Doyle tweet. Oh yeah. Okay. This is a great tweet from Anti Faldo. Scotty's game right now is basically the Tungsten Armo Doyle tweet, but for golf. And after two hole out Eagles and leading the field in strokes gained everywhere on planet Earth, Scheffler three putts to the 18th to card a one over 72. It's so <laughs> it's true. So true. Man, he's having a tough go. I still, and hey, he's done it. So he's this guy. There is the biggest sliding doors moment of all time. If, if. Was it Cam Smith? Yeah, it was Cam Smith. Just puts some pressure on him at the or at the Masters. Mm-hmm. If Scheffler's chip doesn't hit the pin and drop, yeah. this is the guy who said he was crying in his kitchen because he didn't think he could it, do it, and he did. People forget that. People forget elite birdie that Cam Smith made on eleven. Yes, to get it to his two strokes yep. well, and then, and then that immediately could dunk yeah. into the water. Yep, uh, boy. And that, they actually, the water at twelve has got somebody at Augusta. Never. They I've never that heard this incredible. Like, I mean, their camera work. I mean, we don't need to get into the nuts no. and bolts of the camera work. The Masters at 8.53 in, in uh, July. I actually think this is exactly what people want. But, like, the zoom in they had on Cam Smith, mm-hmm. he strikes it, looks at it, and the immediate yeah. dejection yeah. on his face. Because he knew. It, it's just such an incredible – It's just, that just that's golf, baby. Yeah, he, uh, he knew right away. We knew right away. I think Scotty Scheffler still had some internal doubts, but eventually he would know that he'd slip on the green jacket. Rory McIlroy still about an hour away from starting his round. So uh, I'm sure we'll have lots on that one way or another tomorrow. Jays, what do you think? Hound dog on the mound? Do they avoid the sweep? Uh, I know this has is, nothing to do with hound dog. Let's be honest. This is uh, Ben Ennis is on vacation. Oh, I follow, so you're just stealing I, I, it from I him? I follow him on Instagram. Oh, okay. I follow his wife on Instagram. They've been at a cottage all week. They look like wow. they're having a wonderful time. Good for him. Really hope you're having a good time, Benny. I miss you. I hope we play some golf next week. Oh, nope. tough. Well, no golf we TF at 6.30. Be done in time. Okay. Um, he won't play with you that early. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. He's invited you a couple times, but you've been doing this show. Okay. I am uh, doing this instead of the Ben Ennis must win. Oh. This is the Sam McKee absolute must win today. Absolute. You're one-upping Absolute must win. Okay. Absolute must win for the Toronto Blue Jays today. Do you think it is a hound dog uh, performance or did the bats finally wake up? Oh, a little bit of both. Hope it's both. Yeah, certainly would like uh, a little bit of both. Have that game for you at one o'clock. Chris Bassett getting the ball. Jays try to avoid the sweep this afternoon. And again, launch it on Sportsnet, Sportsnet. Now stream it on the Sportsnet app. You got one more day of us and an extra hour tomorrow. Mm. The golf show will be in the time slot coming up next. But today, bunk. Takes you into whatever he's got for an hour. Let's be honest. JP I got no clue. JP Ricciardi on the show today. JP Ricciardi. Good get. Have spoken with him before. Great, 
great Boston accent on that guy. He will come up with a bunk next. Thanks so much for listening. It's been the Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan.